Hello and welcome to the apocalypse. Oh, I mean the Mancunian candidates uh, with me, Mike Royce. And I also have somebody else with me. Yes, yeah, me, Paul Ripley. Uh, what, a, what a strange world we are living in right now. And it's stranger if you live in the United States of America. Because here, we're used to some of this uh, stuff by Tories. But the, the whole Trump world's getting madder and madder and madder by the day. By the day. So... Mancunian candidates, and um, by the wizardry of technology and the internet, Mike, I can't see Mike, mm. but I can hear Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mike's tucked away somewhere nice and safe, and it's a good line. Yeah, it's not bad at all, is it? Good line, good line, good line. Uh, on today's show, we have Joe from Queens. Yes, who's Joe from Queens, you may ask? Well, he's a tour manager. He's also a sound engineer on Broadway. He's a big union guy in the States. His wife... Uh, works in the health services over there. Um, and he's going to give us what's going on in New York. It's the epicenter of the States right now. So um, as a change from our man in uh, Alaska, who seems to be missing most of this, uh, Tom Anderson from Fox News, we have a, a different type of person, shall we say, who's uh, coming on the show in a few minutes' time. You mean more reasonable and, and realistic? Well, he's not a big Trump fan, <clears throat> put it that way. That's what I just said. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable and realistic. How are you finding it, Mike? Oh, in in many different senses, I don't know particularly how to begin or on what level you're asking, but in general, obviously, I'm going through what everybody else is, uh, which is you you go out. In, in the UK, we used to have Sunday trading, and Sunday trading on a um, was, was literally, there was nowhere open, nowhere open, and that changed in the 90s but all the way through the 70s 80s i was growing up sunday everything shut Dead. all gone you'd go into a town center a very center and you'd see one or two people there was no reason to be there you might have a bunch of lads just dicking about somewhere in the precinct or whatever but that's it um but in other areas if you went home they'd be a bit busier the parks would be busier people would just be doing stuff on a sunday it's changed now Obviously, and every day is is a midweek day or a weekend day now. It's all busy. So to see it like that, it's taken me back all them years. And it's going beyond that because when you went home, it would at least be busy there. Everywhere is deserted. It it is like a science fiction film. in Gorton. Well, I'm assuming that... Or Longsight. Well, I don't know what to say about these people. Or North Manchester. I don't know what to say about these people. I mean, all I've got to comment on this is we all thought this was going to be bad, and I'm just giving everybody a reality check now, so strap in. The the situation, I genuinely feel that the virus has worsened. I feel, I feel that the virus has got worse since it was in China, and I think that you do get mutations, you do get strains that strengthen over time, and this planet is one huge petri dish. And I'm not giving you any, um, I'm not giving you anything like a um, some, you know, alt right conspiracy story. I'm just saying to you my thoughts on it. When it was hitting in China at the beginning, it was only old and vulnerable people with underlying conditions and and people who were genuinely ill to begin with. And it is slowly but surely you're hearing more and more cases that are not that. And it's 
by the time it got over here and by the time it got to the States, it got to the UK, you're now getting 50-odd and 40-odd-year-olds dropping like flies. You have got even some young people, 18, 14, 20, that are just dying with no underlying conditions whatsoever. Our Prime Minister, and can I say, when they announced that after the Queen's speech, there, there would be no way, if he wasn't seriously ill, that he would have gone to hospital. And at the time, I said to people in the room with me, and I watched that on the TV, I said, this is serious, because he would not undermine the Queen's speech which, as you've rightly reminded me the other day when we're talking, was brought forward. It was supposed to be Easter Sunday. The situation has got worse in the UK. There are certain things they're not telling us, and I do believe the situation is serious. So these assholes that are wandering around in parks and are dicking about and generally um, being wankers need to stop it. And I hope uh, if I saw one, I'd literally drag them by the scruff of the neck and take them home. I'm that sick of it now. And the the thing that that's really bad about this is the 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 lack of concern and the lack of empathy that you've got when you've got people dying. They've got people who've got family members have died, and they are just flaunting the rules like this. Mm. And the rules are there to keep everybody safe. Do you know what's winding me up, actually, Mike, is um, besides the 5G, which we'll talk about later, mm. uh, the people are saying, well, just like a normal, normal uh, yearly death rate, it's exactly the same. It's not. Um, this is, you know, people, it's not. And, and they're also saying, like, well, everybody's dying now are, are, are just saying the COVID-19, and it's just it's not. for different reasons. It's not. It, it, they're so smart ass. They're also the smart ass. I'll tell you one thing I was going to mention as well, that the annoying thing, that, and this is really annoying, this to me, you've, over in the States after Sandy Hook, you had a load of, and, and I've got to, I'm not pulling any punches here, these people were evil, malcontent, assholes that just need to be put on a boat and sent off to an island somewhere where they can't bother other people and these are the people who started to do the open carry videos where they'd be wandering around the street with a machine gun so that the police would come over and go oh what are you doing there so they could film their them being a smart ass quoting the law to a police officer and really at that point I would have liked to have seen a bit of police brutality where they just tasered him for no reason however we've now got the equivalent of that now you have got people who are now putting videos up online on YouTube to get hits. And what they're doing is they're going out, sitting in a park on their own, so that technically under the law, as they see it, they're taking a mental exercise. They uh, Because they're saying that it wasn't stipulated, it's physical. It can be mental, it can be meditation, it can be anything, as long as it is exercise of that of Exercise can be of the mind, they're saying. So they sit there until the police come, and then they sit there for half an hour testing the the patience of the police. Also, tying up those two police officers, because they have to patrol in pairs, so that they can't go and do their jobs properly, while some smart-ass is saying that, well, technically, the law doesn't say I can't do this and all that. You all want a slap, a really hard slap. If I saw one of you doing that, I would risk getting arrested by the police myself to deal with you. Um, Let's move on slightly. I want to come back to about the 5G, and I also want to talk about, um, well, Boris, really, uh, and the clapping 
thing that went on the other night and, yeah. and response to it by different people. Oh, uh, I'll talk yeah. about that. There's another one. There's another humdinger. Yeah. We we are seeing the the worst, the best and worst of society. And best, yeah. yeah. Um, but first, Donald Trump last night. Um, oh, how God. he talks to reporters is quite amazing. Have a quick listen to this. Then hopefully on the phone from Queens, New York City, should be our man, Joe. Despite the nearly 1.8 million tests that you say the United States has done, the Inspector General for the Department of Health and Human Services released a report today, a survey of more than 300 hospitals across the country, and the number one complaint from those hospitals were severe shortages of testing supplies and a really long wait time. I mean, a week or longer. Did I hear the word Inspector General? Really? Uh, It's wrong. And they'll talk to you about it. It's wrong. Wrong government. Uh, it's well. Where did he come from, the Inspector General? What's his name? It came from the Inspector General. No, what's his name? What's I don't his know name? his name. Well, off the find top me of his name. Head. Let me know, okay? If but, you find me his name, I'd appreciate it. But sir, these are hospitals. All I can tell you is not, this: sir, we put up on the board. You're going to ask. You're going to ask the admiral. But we are doing. Who say that they're waiting a week or longer fine. to get their test to the results? Why? But we've done more testing so and had more results than any country anywhere in the world. They're doing an incredible job. Now they're all calling us. They want our testing. What are we doing? How do you do the five-minute test? How do you do the 15-minute test? So give me the name of the inspector general. Uh, could politics be entered into that? Follow up on, on this question of the HHS inspector general. And by the way, her name was Christy Grimm. And it wasn't so much her opinion, but they interviewed uh, 323 different hospitals. Well, it still could be her opinion. Uh, when was she appointed? When was she appointed? Uh, I'm not sure when she was Would appointed. Would you do me a favor? Let I'll, me know. I'll, I'll check. No, no, let me know now. I have to know now, John. Let me know now. Because is- we are doing an incredible job in testing. Uh, we are doing a better job than anybody in the world right now in testing. There's nobody close. And other nations admit this. Other nations have admitted it very strongly. Other nations are calling us, wanting to know about our testing. Let me know when she was appointed, would you? Specifically, what she was saying was that there had been a delay in the... Okay, thank you very much. How long has that person been in government? Uh, Did serve in the previous administration. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, I see. You didn't tell me that, John. You didn't tell me that. Did serve in the previous administration. You mean the Obama administration. Thank you for telling me that. See, there's a typical... So there we have it, Donald Trump doing his usual type of, um, well, the way he deals with press. He's such a pillock. I know, I know. He um, really is. On the phones right now, with a bit of luck, uh, should be uh, Joe from Queens. Joe, are you there? Yes. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for coming off our radio. Now, hopefully, over the next few weeks, you'll be joining us on regular occasions, and, and um, we look forward to it. What I need to know from you, first of all, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I do need two point of clarification with you guys. Uh, it is my ex-wife who works in healthcare. Ah, right. For anybody listening. Okay, okay. You um, <laughs> uh, was listening to the show earlier on. Uh, uh, over the tele- over the top, fuffle here on the internet is Mike. Mike, this is Joe. Pleased to meet you, sir. Good to meet you, Mike. Uh, I'd like to know really how it is in the mo- at the moment in New York. Uh, well, it's the best word that I can use to describe it is surreal. Um, I just heard you talk about, uh, you know, the streets being empty there. And, uh, obviously it's, it's quite similar here. Um, 
you know, there's still a bit of a buzz that you can hear in the air. You know, it is New York City after all, but it's it's a different type of buzz. It's not as noisy. Um, from where I live, there are a number of uh, people obviously enjoying fast motorcycles because there's nobody out to pull them over. There's a lot of sirens. Um, and then every night at 7 o'clock, everybody kind of hangs out their windows and makes noise. We've got a guy in our neighborhood who uh, plays Frank Sinatra's New York, New York at 7 o'clock every night, and that's meant to be uh, a, a way of thanking our healthcare workers um, who are obviously struggling and all the other essential workers who are struggling right now. So... It's, it's just a surreal time here. Yeah, that's what we, we do here. It's um, It's been, it started off with uh, just for the NHS and then last night, obviously, they started clapping for the Prime Minister because I've, I think rightly, uh, if if you heard old, stu- old episodes of this show, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that I've called that guy because he's our Donald Trump and the, he, he behaves in some very similar ways, although I would say I don't think he's quite as far gone um, and insane as Donald Trump, but he's, he's certainly getting there. And he's, uh, yeah, now it, it's, you can't really start wishing ill on somebody who's, who's got this and they're in hospital. Uh, you've got a lot of people on the left who, who are attacking him and saying, well, I hope he, he dies of it because he, he's bring, brought forward a lot of cuts to our National Health Service over the years. So uh, it's quite a weird situation. I mean, when, when as a Brit, you're watching the news and he gets rushed into intensive care, you, you start to question things. One, Absolutely. One of the things I like to, we talked about, I talk, we spoke yesterday, uh, and one of the things I like to do, well, a few things actually, but one of the things, how is, first of all, before we start all this, how was Donald Trump received as he's sort of basing, I'm from New York and based in New York, how was he received and has that changed during the time he's been uh, um, president? Well, you know, I actually live uh, in the neighborhood where Donald Trump went to school as a child. And um, I can tell you, you know, from living here, uh, living in the borough of Queens for over 20 years, um, growing up in the Bronx, um, you know, Donald Trump is, he's a certain type of character that's not uncommon in New York City. You know, his father built a real estate empire and handed him the keys to it. And something that I uh, don't hear talked about very often is what Donald Trump's first job was. Um, his first job was uh, under his father, Fred Trump. Uh, Fred Trump was caught up in a scandal and a legal battle with the city over discriminatory housing practices in his buildings and employed his son to basically cover it up. So from the very beginning of Donald Trump's professional life, he's been a guy who is, you know, focusing on projecting a certain image to the public through the media. And he's done a very great job of tapping in to a certain uh, part of American society. And that part of American society doesn't necessarily get along with where I live and where he's from. Those of us here in the streets of Queens, you know, Donald Trump, if he walked down a street in my neighborhood he, he, you know, he wouldn't have a pleasant experience. Let's he put it that way. Well, he was in the in the UK. He was 
known. He's obviously wouldn't be as big over here as he was over there, but we'd seen him in lots of stuff. And up until, I would say, about the mid-2000s, he was quite well-liked over here. People were also, when The Apprentice was on, people quite liked watching The American Apprentice, even though we've got our UK version. They, some people preferred him. They liked him on that. He loved the, sure. the, they loved the You're Fired and all that, and it, it's all amusing until you get this situation. Uh, but you, the thing was, it, people sort of turned on him over here because everybody, uh, UK people, even some right-wingers over here, really liked Barack Obama. Now, I had some of my issues with him because I was hoping that he would have kept the public option on healthcare and didn't, and sometimes I found him a bit too corporate. But at the end of the day, he was still an eloquent person that I felt probably wouldn't get the world embroiled in a nuclear war. And he was what I would have said was a safe pair of hands. Now, the, the situation here where people started to question Trump and what a sort of person he was was when he got involved with the birthers because people were saying, well, why is he questioning Obama's um, birth certificate? It can only be be because he's black. So is he actually a racist? And then that sort of eroded his respect. Then the minute he lost all support in the UK. And the UK now, if you got, uh, you did a poll, I would think it's in the high 80%, 88, 89% dislike Donald Trump uh, to the point where we were holding. You didn't cover it on your news networks, but when he's visited the UK, there's been riots all up and down the country. There's been protests every single place he's gone, but the cameras haven't covered it. Certainly Fox News downplayed it and filmed other areas where it was quiet and the the one that really got it was the the moment he came down that escalator and announced his campaign and and then said that mexicans were all rapists that was the moment when the uk turned its back on that guy and pretty much when he got elected me and paul were doing an election night special and we felt physically sick when he won yeah and and see this is something that new yorkers have known about for decades you know we've dealt with him as a human being from the time he was born in this city so whether you're talking about people who personally know him or people who have worked for one of his entities or just the general public who read about him in the papers going back from to the beginning of his life in the public eye um and and it and it didn't start with him. I mentioned his father earlier. His his father was, in in many ways, arguably much worse than Donald is. So, well, he probably had the sense to not be a blowhard and attract attention. Whereas there's uh, a, he was, there's actually. a certain pathological illness I think with Trump, where he even if he's doing something that's totally illegal, he can't help but attract a spotlight. No, and he he learned a lot of that from his father. Actually, his 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 father, one of the one of the more famous stories is involving a, an amusement park in Coney Island, a certain section of Coney Island that his father bought, and uh, the city wouldn't allow him building permits to build the developments that he wanted to build. Yeah, and so his father held a press conference uh, one day, and when the press showed up. 
he had demolition crews on site to basically destroy everything that the city was arguing to save. So all of the old amusement park rides that had been in the neighborhood for over 100 years, you know, real wow. parts of New York City history. Didn't know that. And his father, with a smile on his face, blew the whole thing up. It's called the steeplechase. Yeah, and, I'm aware of Coney Island, the history of it. Um, That's terrible. And and then, you know, the city blocked his father anyway, and, and nothing ever got built there for years and years. It, it was just a, a desolate, vacant lot that was one of many of its kind that you might see depicted in films like The Warriors. Well, I've, or... I've, I've spent time there because I've, I've been over in, in New York quite a lot, and I love New York, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the line. I think it's an incredible place, and it's, it's just such a friendly place to me. Uh, as a Brit, I was treated like um, royalty when I was there. It, 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 people were so friendly. And it's a lovely city, and that's why it, it upsets me when Trump has a go. Like at the moment, it seems to me that New York have got uh, have got this far more under control than a lot of the other states. Certainly, that you, if you look at the map of the United States, what is the point of having all those all those states on lockdown when you've strategically got eight states? all distance apart, right in the middle of it, that you can travel to and from and spread the virus. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, obviously, politicians that are on the opposite side of Trump by American standards as sure. a majority here in New York City and in, in New York State. And there's, there's a traditional sort of battle between New York City and New York State Mm. Um, I think a lot of people might not realize how deeply entrenched uh, those sides are. You know, New York State is run from Albany, which is a small city in upstate New York. And New York State is a fairly big place. New York City operates totally different than a lot of the state. So you've got a lot of Trump supporters in the state of New York, a lot of Republicans, a lot of you know, pro-gun, pro-life, right-wing, uh, Trump-loving Americans throughout New York State. Mm. And then you have the city, which, for obvious reasons, is the complete opposite. We understand oh, yeah. that we have to all live together in this place. So we have a much more uh, socialist thought process just built into us naturally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that... That translates and, and shows its ugly head sometimes. Like right now, you've got our governor, Governor Cuomo, uh, is getting a lot of attention for his handling of, of the uh, current pandemic, which I must say he's doing some decent things. Um, but he's also kind of playing the middle field. And, you know, Governor Cuomo is a guy who, again, in a similar way to Trump, actually, uh, was handed the keys to the empire by his father, Mario Cuomo, who mm. was the governor of New York back in the 80s. And he knows how to play the game. And when you look at some of the inner details of what he's done, um, you know, starting with his response to the pandemic, we all knew that testing needed to start happening as soon as possible. It's a commonality across the entire world right now. we got to get people tested. Otherwise, we don't know what we're dealing with. And Cuomo's 
push for testing started in his home county of Westchester, which is one of the wealthiest counties in America. So, you know, it's, it's, it's blatantly obvious to a guy like me who's sitting here in Queens where we have a far worse situation going on uh, with many, many, many more people contracting the virus and dying of the virus. And yet the wealthy residents of Westchester are able to get tested and treated and we're not. Yeah. So this, this is this is the ongoing problem that's underlying. It's not even about this crisis, how it's handled. That to me is the the big shock because I've spent so much time. I've even got a, a place over in America, and I've spent a lot of time in um, in New York, a lot of time in Las Vegas, in Nevada, and I've seen a lot of different attitudes. But the healthcare system, it's very difficult for me. Every time I've gone over there and I've brought some people with me, other Brits. They're astounded at the healthcare system over there. The the only time we had to use it, and you're whipping credit cards out to get access to treatment at one point, and people are it's just not like that over here, and we find it incredible. Now over here, we've still got a lack of testing, but it doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter who you are. The, everybody's mm. got that same problem. No, there's a few mm. people cheating, Paul. There yeah. is. They always will be. But yeah. overall at least people are being treated equally when they get ill. Yeah, yeah. Joe, can you, yeah. Just, can you describe, you, you told me a story uh, yesterday of, of the differences uh, in between the areas in New York. Uh, you mentioned uh, sirens and, and uh, flashlights and uh, people on the street being fined. Can you t- describe well, that story? Yeah, um, and, and this goes right in line, you know, because it all connects. Everything connects. You know, while, while funding... And resources are being given, again, to wealthy counties such as Westchester or Nassau County and Suffolk County on Long Island. Here in the city, where, you know, of course, anybody who had enough money to maybe have a summer home somewhere in a rural community or anybody who just has enough money to escape and go somewhere, a a large number of people have left, leaving behind the working class and the low-income residents uh, that are living in city housing projects or just maybe unable to leave because a lot of those people are still essential workers. And the resources that you see predominantly flowing into those neighborhoods are resources for the NYPD to inflict their military state tactics on the residents of those neighborhoods. So, for example, many neighborhoods in the South Bronx or, you know, parts of East New York, Flatbush, Brooklyn, Jamaica, Queens, you might go to certain neighborhoods and, and, and encounter what appears to be a, 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 an army of police, cops with their sirens on, just sitting on the corner, no emergency, just running their sirens, you know, spotlights and searchlights lighting up the whole neighborhood 24 hours a day, make it, you know, just, it, it makes it horribly uncomfortable and imagine you're a kid growing up in those conditions. Now, this is not new to the current pandemic. This is a, a behavior that's been happening for a long time. But under the current situation, this has expanded. And there's been reports. I, I must admit I haven't seen firsthand because I'm keeping myself safe. I'm keeping myself shut in. But I've heard reports on the radio uh, and reports from friends in, in neighborhoods like Harlem and up in the Bronx 
where the NYPD has really inflicted their will upon a lot of people, uh, you know, basically using the pandemic as a way to uh, to harass the community. So are, so, you, are you suggesting then, or outright stating that there's any... Do you feel this, because you mentioned Harlem, do you feel that there's racial profiling alongside this as well? Absolutely. This is America, and one of the founding principles of America is 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 a racist approach to policymaking and enforcement of laws. It's it's just built into this country's profile. It's very sad hearing you say that. And we haven't gotten past that. In fact, in recent times, largely due to empowerment of people who feel that way uh, by Trump, this this is you know reverted to uh, a place that I, I, I was hoping we were getting away from. You know, when, when President yeah. Obama was in office, whether you liked his policies or not, there was, there was hope in simply having his presence well, he as was, our leader. He's one of the most skilled um, orators that, that you've ever had. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's one of the best presidents i i i am not i'm not saying either way i personally liked him uh, but you he was inta- he was intellectual he came across as intelligent his responses were measured when you had the shootings at sandy hook and uh, those were the responses when he came out and spoke and there was that point where he, he shed a tear and i could tell it was genuine and obviously fox Absolutely. news fox there news made it yeah, Fox Fox News made that out to be, oh, he's just putting that on for the cameras. He wasn't. You could tell he wasn't. And that's what I would want from a leader. And uh, and the guy that we have on, Tom, who I love to bits, but he's a different point of view from, from you, and he, he's very pro-Trump and helps Trump. And he defends him. And I my one argument with him is I can understand if you say his policies are suiting your situation and you're all right with just going along with it that's fine but he's got a son i've got children surely your leader needs to be somebody who's a role model for your children and i think as a human being that donald trump is the worst role model i have ever seen in high office i couldn't agree with you more Uh, he 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 just he fails to connect to or, or attempt even to care uh, about the people that he's meant to serve. And, and beyond any sort of, you know, policymaking or belief system, just at its core, I, I want to know that the leaders that are tasked with serving myself and, and my family and my fellow citizens at least are going to make an attempt to to care about us. Yeah. And this guy in the office right now, he doesn't. He doesn't even make an attempt. Well, you, you, uh, politics is it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because obviously you're not going to agree with everybody who's in office, and at points you you think, well, I, it's abhorrent the the tax cuts, the rest of it, favouring the rich. But there's a big difference between hating the policies and actually thinking that the person in charge is unstable 
and could accidentally kick off World War Three. And and exactly. that, that there have been times where some of the stuff that he's done, where he, 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 I cringe when he heads over to Korea. I cringe because I'm so scared of what he's going to say over there, what he's going to do over there. The At the beginning of this, this, if you want to call it an experiment, I don't know what you're going to refer to it. I just know that there's going to be a section in the library, literally a section on his presidency in about 10 years, 20 years' time. If It might not even take that long. There's plenty of books already. But the, I just don't... I just don't. I just cannot believe this. When when he he got office, when he he was elected the night, I thought it was going to be bad, and he has he's gone far far worse than I could have possibly imagined. With with the way that he he attacks the press, the it's dangerous what's going on right now. I feel moving on from Trump, I'd like to know about. I mean, you told me a story about your sorry ex-wife uh, and things, situation regarding employment. And how it's working over there? Is it the same as the UK? Um, are people getting through? Yeah. So, my my ex wife works at a nursing home here in Queens, and uh, you know she's a healthcare professional, and we're supposed to be applauding them and and honouring them for yeah. for good reason. Those yeah. those are, are our heroes right now. And what she's faced with when she's been going to work is is one, the virus has, has been spreading throughout her facility. Um, you know, this is a nursing home for, for people who need care, uh, you know, senior citizens who are, you know, incapable of, of, of providing for and taking care of themselves, and, and they need help. So somebody has to be there for them. And that makes my ex-wife and her coworkers essential workers. And they show up, and, and they do their best under the conditions that they're in, but they're not being provided with appropriate PPE. Uh, there's there's serious supply shortages of things like the N95 masks, which are uh, so critical right now with a virus like this. Um, they've been given one mask to use per week. Where you know N95 masks are Good meant God. to be one-time use masks. Wow. You're not supposed to wear it for a whole week. Um, there's been supply shortages in face masks and body suits and gloves, everything that you can think of. And unfortunately, uh, as a result of this, it appears not only have some of her coworkers contracted the virus, but she's been displaying, uh, some pretty severe symptoms from the virus herself for the better part of the past week. And even despite her um, pleas to the employer and, and you know, notifying supervision of, of her condition, uh, the last day that she was at work, which was last Thursday, uh, they, um, they mandated that she stay for a double shift. She ended up working 16 hours in total, despite being sick with the symptoms of the virus. Um, and... She uh, basically was told that she would lose her job if she if she didn't wow. stay. Oh. Wow! And mm. the following day, um, she went online uh, to the New York State Department of Health's website, where you have to go and describe your symptoms and register for testing. 
and she was sent to a testing facility in Jamaica, Queens, which is one of the neighborhoods I referenced earlier is, is considered a low-income neighborhood for New York City. And that's where they live. Uh, she lives there with my with our 14-year-old son. Um, and she, she went to the facility, waited for over two hours uh, in the street outside. And when she finally got uh, to the front door, was informed that there are no tests available and was given a note for uh, an order uh, for 14-day quarantine and told to go home and stay there. Um, she then provided that note to her employer and was told that the note is not valid because she's an essential worker and that she must return to work. So, you know, that's just one of, I'm sure, tens of thousands of stories at this point here in New York City alone of our healthcare workers and frontline essential workers who are suffering from this thing and getting no attention and getting no help. Uh, there's no words, words fail me at the moment, to be honest with you, Mike. Um, no, uh, it's, yeah. it's astounding, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely astounding, to say the least. Um, we wish you the best, obviously. I mean, everyone here at Fab Radio, I mean, wish you the best as well, Joe. Yeah. Um, Joe, do you, would you mind if we uh, we contacted you again, perhaps next week or the week after, uh, and gives an update? You know what? On how I, I would love to come back on the show anytime you guys will have me, and uh, I enjoy speaking with you. No, can I have one last? I was just going to ask you yeah. one last opinion, Joe, before you went. Do you? I've over years been very interested in politics and watched how things play out. And the one thing that's always surfaced at times like this of, of a crisis or a war, the leader always seems to get a bounce. Um, we in the eighties, Margaret Thatcher was going to be a one-term prime minister. We had the Falklands War. She used it to grandise herself and make herself look very important. And she won by a landslide and she was in power. Her government was in power for 17 years. Now, we all want Trump gone in November. And I'm, I'm watching the news with disbelief at the way that he's bumbling and mumbling his way through these coronavirus press conferences in a manner that is, is difficult to comprehend. You just... Like you say, it's not what you're expecting. You've not got the leader you need right now. Now, are you worried that he may get automatically a bounce from this when the recovery happens and everything blows over? Uh, I am concerned that he will uh, win a second term. I, I, you know, I, I'm confident in our country's system that there will be some version of election uh not to derail the conversation and get into specifics of sure. my beliefs on how those elections are run which yeah. is a whole nother topic yeah. but i you know i i do worry that this country will re-elect him and the 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 funny part to me about that is that for him much like boris johnson right now it's the it's, it's the exact policies that they fight against as conservatives mm. that are going to save everybody Correct. right now. Yeah. And it's it's the only option for these politicians uh, is to implement what would be considered socialist or left wing policies yeah. to save 
everybody. Oh, yeah. To save our health, to save our businesses, to save our financial and uh, economic health. I mean, it, it's it's really ironic and, and a bit funny to me well, that but, that's yeah. what's well, occurring. Boris Johnson right now is in an NHS hospital in the National Health Service here that over the last 10 years, his party have inflicted cuts and cuts and cuts on that system to pay back the bailout money from the 2009 uh, banking crisis that all his hooray Henry uh, posh banking buddies inflicted on the UK. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Joe, it's been great worry, having but you I, on. I'm, I'm hopeful, though. I must say I'm hopeful. And hopefully we'll get a change to come out of this for the better. You just need rid of him. And, and that, that I'm praying for this to be over with as minimal loss of life as possible for you because that's a fantastic city. It needs to get back to normal. And I don't want to lose a load of New Yorkers because, as I've said, they're the friendliest people on earth. And it's a terrible thing. But I'm also praying you need rid of him in November. I honestly believe that. There we go. Joe, 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 thanks so much. We'll be in touch, uh, and thanks again, and look after yourself, mate. All right, cheers, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This is a message from the government about coronavirus. It's important we all help to protect older people and those with existing health conditions from coronavirus. If you have a high temperature or a new and continuous cough, even if those symptoms are mild, stay at home. Don't go to the GP or hospital. Instead, go to nhs.uk to check your symptoms and follow the specialist medical advice. Only call NHS 111 if you can't get online or your symptoms worsen. The great majority of people will recover well at home. Protect yourself. Protect others. Protect the NHS. Uh, There we go. Just some news coming in there, Mike. Yep, Bernie Saunders has dropped out. You now have a two-person race. It is Joe Biden, who is suffering from early onset of dementia, many believe, and I believe, and it's him versus Donald Trump. You're going to see the debates where Donald Trump is going to be bullying in full um, empowered mode, but hot on the success uh, that he'll claim credit for of the coronavirus. And he'll also be uh, empowered because of the impeachment debacle. And you've got him off the leash and he's going to be mauling Joe Biden. I think you may be right. Uh, this week we sort of have lingered, I suppose, on the United States. But what a great caller that was! Uh, yeah, there. wonderful. Joe, hopefully, be uh, we'll get older Joe on a regular yeah. basis, and he can come part of our team. Yeah, very insightful. He can become a mank. Yeah, maybe a mank. Be a wonderful if he does. Um, last night, Donald Trump as well blamed the World Health Organization. Oh, he and did. Threatened to cut the money. Let's have a listen to him. The uh, WHO, that's the World Health Organization receives vast amounts of money from the United States, and uh, we pay for a majority, the biggest portion of their money. And they uh, actually criticized and disagreed with my travel ban at the time I did it. And they were wrong. They've been wrong about a lot of things. And they had a lot of information early, and they didn't want to do very — they seemed to be very China-centric. 
They called it wrong. They call it wrong. They really they missed the call. They could have called it months earlier. They would have known. And uh, they should have known. And they probably did know. So we'll be looking into that very carefully. And we're going to put a hold on money spent to the WHO. We're going to put a very powerful hold on it. And we're going to see. It's a great thing if it works, but when they call every shot wrong, that's no good. A quick follow-up on that. So is the time to freeze funding to the WHO during a, a pandemic? No, maybe not. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but we're going to look at it. You did say that. We give a tremendous... No, I didn't. I said we're going to look at it. We're going to investigate it. We're going to look at it. But we will look at ending funding. Yeah. To, because to, you know what? They called it wrong, and if you look back over the years even, they're very much... Uh, everything seems to be very biased toward China. That's not right. It's possible. And virtually every one of those companies is... We did have a problem with GM and Ventec. On the one hand... Did you see these memos that uh, reportedly Peter Navarro wrote back in January? When did you see them? And how does that these memos sort of square with what you've often said, that nobody could have predicted this? It sounds like he was predicting. I didn't see him, but I heard he wrote some memos talking about pandemic. Uh, I didn't see him. I didn't look for him either. So at the time, though, when when uh, Peter Navarro did circulate those memos, you were still downplaying the threat of coronavirus in the U.S. You were saying things like, "I think it's a problem that's going to go away within Which a couple of days." Which go? It will go away. You said within a couple of days the cases will be down to zero. Well, the cases really didn't build up for a while, but you have to understand, I'm a cheerleader for this country. I don't want to create havoc and shock and everything else. But ultimately, when I was saying that, I'm also closing it down. I obviously was concerned about it because I closed down our country to China, which was heavily infected. And it's the same story again and again and again. Let's get him a pleated skirt and some pom-poms. Last night, I wrote some notes down here, and I I like to do my best to spill them out to you, uh, my my thoughts going on. Uh, I noticed a lot of things on on social media going on about Boris. I hope he dies. I hope he dies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Boris with hearts, and only Boris will save us. Um, So to me, uh, here's some notes I wrote. It seemed pretty much unanimous silence around my area last night. Um, Yeah. Uh, for the clap for Boris at his clock nonsense. Mm. Um, but I want to put a bit of objectivity to it. There is almost, um, actually almost no one wishing him dead or hoping he doesn't recover. No one. That's mm. the one or two idiots who, who, you know, we know who they are. Yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. Are, however, momentum. Lots, momentum yeah. people. Yeah, there are, however, lots of people whose memories are so, aren't so short. They remember his self-serving quest for power over the years his disregard for others outside his class, mm. his U-turns over everything, including the Brexit and the herd immunity strategy, which has cost lives in real terms, his comments regarding happily shaking hands in hospitals with coronavirus patients, mm. his jokes with regards to launching the respirator initiatives, calling it Operation Last Gasp, his dealing with Dyson, who didn't deliver, his applauding uh, not awarding NH staff an increase of wages in 2017, the lies regarding chemicals required for testing not being available, mm. the delay in the manufacture of the supply of PPE, etc., etc. Just to make it clear, I do not wish the man ill in any respect, but let's not lionise ourselves 
a grandizing buffoon. Who wrote this? Me. Okay. And try and make him into a hero, not just because he'd been handed responsibility when all he wanted was power. Yeah. Just because he, he became seriously ill, I'll be thinking of the other thousands currently in the same situation and continuing to support the NHS workers that he didn't until he had to. Yeah. That's my thoughts. My, my position is not even, uh, it's not as deep as that. Um, he's the Prime Minister. I didn't want him to be, but he is. And at a time like this, I'd rather him not be in hospital very, very seriously ill because it's bad for the running of the country. It's bad for the the dealing of this crisis, the administration of this crisis, and that's it. I don't, but I don't wish him dead. Um, I there maybe sometimes with some of the policies he'd done. I I don't wish him well, but I can't be bothered going online and wishing he was dead. And you had you had an outpouring of this. You also had uh, mostly positive about the Queen coming out and doing that speech, which I thought that was useful, very helpful, and I actually thought it was very intelligently worded. And the especially the the harking back to the broadcast that she made with her sister. I mean, this is a irrespective of whether you're a monarchist, a republican, or whatever. The she is one of the longest running and most dedicated public servants that this country has ever had, and she's been selflessly doing that. So people will go, oh, she's rich. She's, yeah, but she's never going to be able to spend it. She's never had time to spend it. She doesn't have a privilege. She doesn't live really a privileged life. She lives a very stressful one where she's going from place to place with no time to deal with anything. And whenever she has a personal crisis, everybody's all on top of her. She doesn't get any peace. Now, at the end of the day, she's never let this country down, and that was good. And then I have to read all of it. But her, her children have. Uh, so I'm not talking about her children, okay. am I? Didn't, just, I didn't start story. going on about her children, no, no, and I wouldn't do in. that. Um, at the end of the day, her children have yet to prove who they are. The Queen, in her 90s now, has proved who she was since she took the throne in her early 20s uh, after the death of her father. Most people get to bere- a bereavement in your early 20s, your father has died you would normally be years of of getting over that and instead they stuck a crown on her head and that's that's she's dealt with it ever since is is she the last monarch no she's not the last monarch and the monarchy can endure and i'll be honest after everything you've just seen with brexit with everything else do you not want somebody that's politically neutral bollocking the prime minister when he's overstepping the mark giving advice do you not want that because i certainly do and and when he prorogued parliament illegally she parrot in all the re- records of this as she went absolutely ballistic at him and that's that's what you need you need somebody like that i agree do definitely and that's it and that's why i love our system it's the queen i'm not too sure our parliamentary systems go yeah but this is a person who's bred a 90 year old woman who's stressed out of yes she is now yeah but going crazy yeah but she's willing to die in the role which is more dedication than you'll get off most people so um that's it but all i'm saying is i if if you are one of these who've been uh, attacking her, going, oh, I'm not interested in what this rich cow's got to say and all that, or you're on there saying, I wish Boris Johnson was dead, then yeah. Christ, what an yeah. asshole you are. Yeah. Right. Uh, a few minutes left of the show, and I just want to talk about this briefly, really. 5G uh, and the virus, and other things that are going around as well, blaming it on the Chinese. It was a, 
the Americans have started, the Chinese did it, there's stuff going on. Like, um, some professor has been caught in America, and he was the person behind it, you know, who worked in Wuhan. Oh, right, yeah. It goes we- on, weapons uh, lab gone wrong. Yeah, 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 it goes on and on and on. Yeah. And, and it's just to the point where I'm thinking, this country mm. is stupid. Because no, yeah, uh, a large percentage of this the population in this country are absolutely stupid. I know they are. I know they are. I have to interact with them like you do. And at the end of the to day... To the point where you don't want to... I'd go, I've been stuck in my house. Yeah. Uh, just like you are now, mm. Mike, over there in mm. sunny Stockport. And I've been do, online doing things and the radio station and all that. And I'm just seeing comments and all that. I'm thinking, do we either come off social media altogether because it's doing my head in? Or am I just going to realise the fact that people are stupid? No. I'll tell you what needs to happen. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg needs to be held accountable for inventing this system of communications and it being turned into a weapon. It he needs weapon. to take. He needs weapon. to take responsibility for the social damage that that has caused in the pursuit of profit and fame. And that's why he did it. He did it to become famous. He did it to become a powerful individual, a rich individual, and he's got them. And now he's got a responsibility. His company have got a responsibility to fact-check news items on there. They should be shutting down posts of illegal and false crap. Well, they've started it. David Icke was uh, booted off YouTube yesterday uh, and off Facebook and yeah. lots of things. Um, so you cannot watch some of the stuff he, he came out with the interviews today. He went on about 5G and, and people really liked it, apparently. Well, um, they would, wouldn't they, because they like all this stuff. There was always somebody buying the 14 times, but would you yes. have gone to them for financial advice or advice of other kind that, that's sensible that you need accurate advice on? I would say no. But when you hear that someone's a conspiracy theorist, you instantly think of, um, you know, tinfoil hats yeah, and a yeah. bit unstable. But there is a thing about freedom of speech. And now some conspiracies... To a degree. Some conspiracies turn out to be, well, as a matter of fact, they did do this, they did do that. But it's yeah. taken to another level. Uh, I remember 4G coming out. Yeah. 4G was going to do exactly the same thing. I know. We've, exactly we've the same it, thing. We've had it for, what forever. Happened? What, what happened to the, the plot to give us brain tumours with yeah. the mobile what phones and all the rest, which which by now, believe me, I would, I my head, I, there'd be nothing left. I'd be one tumour. I'd look like the elephant man by now, if that was true. And the... the this this is, again, what I'm saying to you is there needs to be a demarcation now. At this point, you've got to take, you've got to start a classification system of some kind. You've got to give um, almost a kite mark, a British kite mark, to the publications that are only printing, factually checked. It should be like a product in the in the supermarket is it pure is it is it are the put the ingredients on the packet you these things need fact checking you should have if you're going to print a newspaper or go online with a very busy uh, website disseminating news 
they there needs to be a body that looks but, into okay, this. Right, in Russia, they get the news. Do you believe that news? Of course not. Exactly. So you've got to find some Oh, well, we, we're not basing this on them, are we, though? I mean, no. at the end of the day, we're already better than well, that here, now here with this here's, mess. Here's the BBC. Here's the BBC. Um, the show that comes on Sunday mornings. Mm. What's it called? The, the Andrew Ma show. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Ma. Yes, he mentioned someone, but not by name, Yeah, uh, about dealing with the virus. And the person he was talking about, and I can't remember his name, was uh-huh. the person who wanted the herd mentality brought in instantly. Okay. And he wouldn't mention his name. Well, he shouldn't be allowed to do the piece then. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Talk about that's two Fox News so- stuff. That's Fox News. Fox News, every time they want to put something false into the narrative and get it out there as a news item, they go, some people say... And that's how they do it. And if if Andrew Marr's doing that, then he should be off. What I'm saying to you is there should be a body fact-checking media of all type when it comes to news. And that's it. And you should have the equivalent of a... Uh, like they used to have the Comics Code Authority. You'd either have that kite mark, that stamp that says... I am a trusted and regularly vetted source of news you can who trust. Buy, who yeah. buy, well, who buy. that's the problem, who isn't it? Those. But it would have to be neutral party. Next week we'll go into that. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Mancunian Candidates. My name's Paul Ripley. And I'm Mike Royce. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>